Oopsla Podcast Episode 3, Mini Plop. The Oopsla Podcast brings you up to speed on topics covered at this year's Oopsla Conference, which takes place in October 2007 in Montreal, Canada. For more information, visit the conference website at oopsla.org. The Oopsla Podcast is co-produced with Software Engineering Radio and with Dibsum Thinking. I'm Daniel Steinberg, your host for this episode. On the telephone are Linda Rising, Joe Yoder, and Robert Hamner. They're organizing a mini-plop for this year's Oopsla to take place Sunday and Monday, October 21st and 22nd, 2007. The first day will be a patterns boot camp, and the second will be a writer's workshop. My name's Joe Yoder. I'm a uh, software developer, uh, work at the Refactory Incorporated, where we do lots of software development. And I've been involved with Oopsla for a long, long time. A couple members of us have been to all of them. And I'm the Oopsla panel chair this year. And I'm also involved with the mini-plop uh, that were set up, which is including the uh, the boot camp followed by the writer's workshop. And I'm more focused on helping out with the writer's workshop. This is Bob Hanmer, and I'm with Alcatel Lucent and have had a variety of roles over the years, ranging from software development to consulting on architecture and performance and so on. I'm currently in our supply chain organization. I've been involved with Oops, I was intermittently over the years because most of my work hasn't explicitly been object-oriented, but it's where all the good pattern stuff seems to happen, so that's what draws me there. I'm involved in the writer's workshop that Joe just mentioned and also leading a boot camp with Linda Rising, who you'll hear from in a second, um, which is intended to introduce people that are unfamiliar with writing patterns to writing patterns. It's something that Linda and I have done a number of times before. I'm Linda Rising. I'm an independent consultant. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, where it's currently 113 degrees, but it's a dry heat. And I'm always excited about Uppsala. I heard someone once call me an Uppsala junkie, and I don't know whether that's true, but it's a conference that I love and I've supported for many years. And I have the same connection that Bob does and also Joe, that there are a lot of patterns people who also go to Uppsala, whether or not they're doing any kind of object-oriented development. And as Bob said, we're looking forward to doing another of my favorite things at Uppsala, which is holding a workshop. The workshop activities take place on the first two days, Sunday, October 21st, and Monday, October 22nd. And in this case, we're doing what's called a mini-plop. On the first day, we're doing a boot camp, Bob and I. And then on the second day, Bob and Joe and I are running a version of the writer's workshop that is something we do at PLOP. We're streamlining a little bit on the paper submission process. So we are going to only accept papers that have been shepherded in some other forum, but we're going to have a real writer's workshop experience for the folks that submit their papers. We're really looking forward to having people maybe who have already been to a plop and who are looking for a follow-on workshop experience. We'd like to see papers that are fairly mature and that are sort of ready to go. This year, we're for the mini-plop at Uppsala in Montreal, we are asking for the papers to be submitted by September 1st. Normally for a pattern conference, we would have taken the papers with an earlier submission deadline and had them shepherded, which is kind of like peer reviewing, but you know who the peer is and you're actually working with the shepherd who's offering suggestions on how to improve the paper. For the mini-plop at Uppsala this year, we're not going to be doing the shepherding. We're assuming that someone has been shepherded elsewhere. So like Linda said, someone who took a paper to Sugarloaf Plop or Viking Plop or Euro Plop or the U.S. Plop this year, 
they can have a new version of the paper and take it to another writer's workshop at Uppsala. And the writer's workshop will help, it'll give them comments and feedback to help them make the paper, you know, better, which, you know, better could mean a lot of things, but one thing that it might mean is, you know, more likely to get published somewhere because, you know, the bugs and the kinks are worked out of it already through the workshop process. If some people, if, if they had some, something that they were still working on and it was still in an early form, we would potentially uh, allow them to run that through the shepherding process too. We would not turn down somebody that's still trying to learn a little something. Uh, I went to Sugarloaf Plop, which is the one in Brazil. We're telling people it's Euro Plop and we're, we're also telling people at the U.S. Plop here at Allerton that if they want follow-up, they want to take the comments that they got at the writer's workshop and from all their shepherds and then uh, shepherding process they had, and they want to submit that, that those people would automatically get accepted because we know those are mature, good papers. However, we will still accept other people who are doing something new and might want to learn, and we, and we might break them into a sub. Uh, so our workshop might include making a couple writers' workshops, one for the more mature papers, and one for more of those people kind of learning. Maybe they came from boot camp or, they, you know, they, they want to learn more about patterns. Because uh, one thing that's, that happened at OOPSA and kind of exciting, a lot of new ideas come out at OOPSA, such as patterns, agile methods, all these types of ideas, uh, AOP, all these, all these things kind of evolve from OOPSA. And, and, you know, like design patterns, definitely that, you know, that had its kickoff at OOPSA and a lot of the, uh, the patterns, uh, conferences that we have through that. And, and and, and so we definitely wanted to continue to keep that affiliated with, with OOPSA. And, and that's what this experiment is. Last year's experiment was having a full plop there. And, and you know, that worked with both of some, some successes and some issues with the fact that you're kind of overlapped with another conference. But we still want to, uh, to try to see if we can do this, this mini plop type ideas. So my idea would be that we would still encourage those other types of papers, those new authors trying to learn about patterns. Uh, we might have a little bit more shepherding for them, but like Linda said, for the other ones, they, they will be accepted automatically because they've are, they're from mature authors, and they've already had a lot of shep. Most of them have had a lot of shepherding. Maybe we could have some writers' workshops, which is where mature authors would go with their papers that have maybe even already been to another plop. And then, if we get enough of that kind of paper, something that would be more of a writing workshop. A workshop is a group of usually authors and they all bring a paper to the workshop and the idea is sort of a 180 degree reversal of the normal paper presentation process at a con normally at a conference like Uppsala if you go with a paper that's been accepted you present your ideas the rest of the group listens and maybe asks questions and in a workshop you bring your paper, everyone has already read it, you assume, and they talk about your paper. They give you feedback, and you listen, and at the end, you may ask questions. And so it's a chance for you to hear how other people look at your paper, what they think it, it has as its major contributions, what their suggestions are to make the paper even better, and to maybe even make suggestions about what the paper should become. Is there... Uh, the beginning of a book here, or should there be follow-on papers about other related patterns? And so it's a, an enormously valuable experience for an author to get feedback from people who have really studied the paper and have thought about it. And so the workshop process is really about improving 
the paper even further. It's kind of the next step beyond shepherding. It's kind of a weird process because on one hand, you can't defend your paper while somebody's going through this process. But the exciting thing that happens is, is you get to see your paper interpreted basically in real time and you're not going to be there. And you, you see where maybe you didn't come off with, if, if, they're, if, they're, if they're struggling to understand a point, you get to see where that happens with the ultimate goal being uh, that you're going to improve it. And we really got this uh, idea from in our first conference that we had back in uh, 94 at the first plop uh, from Dick Gabriel because this is something that uh, in poetry and uh, fiction writers use quite often is they'll present their work and they hear other writers comment on it and they get to hear what works and what didn't work. And then what the ultimate goal is, let's improve our writing. That The goal here isn't to just impress people with how technical and how slick I can be and convoluted. It's really how clear can I be and how well can I come across to the, the reader and to communicate my ideas clearly. And so that's really what's happening here. And you as a Writer's Workshop participant that's read the paper and given feedback, you get to learn a lot from the person that wrote. So it's a give-give thing. Sometimes it can be a little unnerving. I remember clearly my first workshop experience a long time ago with a paper about system test patterns. And Kent Beck, who was a very active person in the patterns community in the early beginnings, uh, was in that group. I can remember being very nervous through the phase that's called suggestions for improvement. Really, that means things they didn't enjoy as much. And I still remember clearly, I can hear Kent Beck saying some of the things about that paper. So they've stayed with me a long time. <laughs> and that can happen. The, you are sitting on the edge of your seat through a lot of it and, and sort of hanging on and hope, hoping that you can concentrate and get the comments down without becoming too emotionally involved because this is your work. You've spent time on it. You love these patterns and to hear other people, you know, uh, sort of rip into them a little bit. It's not always easy. Well, it's daunting that it's this, this different kind of process, but it is actually very structured. It starts off in a way to, to reassure the author in the way that the people like the pattern and what they thought that was good about it and what should be kept. And I know that when I've been in workshops frequently, I'm like, well, hurry up. Let's get to the, you know, tell me what to do to change it. Tell me what to do to change it because the... You know that's coming. <laughs> You know, that's coming, and okay, they liked it. Now let's go on. I can listen to the rest now. But it's done in a way so that you do hear the positive things first so that you kind of realize that there is some value to it, and then you get the suggestions for improvement. And usually the suggestions for improvement are right on the mark. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Or, that's, you know, that's a really good idea. But every now and then there are a few that you have to write down and, and nod your head at sort of, and then... <laughs> Guard later, but in general, it's been a really good way to receive feedback to the point that I remember after I started participating in writers' workshops, I would go to code inspections, which you know are free for alls with the author defending their code and how they did something, and just thinking, you know, I don't want to hear the author's defense. I just, you know, let's talk about what's here, and then we'll come back and look at what they've done to revise it. It's a different kind of animal than a regular. You know, inspection like software people might be used to, but I think it can be really effective. There is a process that we follow, and there is a facilitator. It's the job of the facilitator or the leader of the workshop to make sure that 
the author is protected and that process is followed, and when that is done, it works very well. In a, in a writer's workshop, it's useful to have other people, you know, more people. So since we're only doing one day of workshops and we might have four or five or six papers that get workshop during the day, that's only four or five or six plus one of us in the group. And so a couple non-authors who are interested in the workshop in general or people that have participated in the boot camp and are interested in sticking around for another day of the mini plump, I think would be welcome subject to you know, discussion among the authors about non-authors participating. I've been, uh, I've been to all the plops we've had uh, since 94 and been to most of the Sugarloaf's um, uh, plot, but almost always they let non-authors participate fully. So it is up to the workshop participants because it is, if you have multiple authors, it's like if I'm putting my paper out there, it's only fair that it, if I risk you giving me all these positive and potentially constructive criticisms, that, you know, what's right is right for all the way around. Though most authors have never minded having those uh, constructive criticisms from even non-authors. Now, I think it's more of a formality, and just going through it makes it okay. Yes. Going through it yes, says exactly. we realize that there's a bit of a risk. We realize that there's a, a danger to bringing in people who are not going to put their papers out in front of everybody. And just to make sure that everybody's okay with that, I've never been in a workshop where anyone has said, no, no, we don't want those people, the great unwashed, get them out of here. That's, that's never happened, and I think it's because you do ask for permission and you go through the little bit of sort of etiquette or protocol to say, we know that this is something we shouldn't just do and we want your okay, and then they'll give it. And and another aspect of it, and this is another part of the civility of a writer's workshop, is that referring to the author is strictly forbidden. So you can't say, you know, Linda, you did horrible. This is horrible what you wrote here, Linda. Instead, you, if you have a suggestion, you can suggest that the paper be changed in some way, you know, and maybe refer to the author tangentially, but it's really primarily looking at the work, not attacking the author. And that's another very useful skill to learn both to be on both sides of and, and then participate in other kinds of reviews. It's easy to criticize something, but the goal here is not to criticize something. The goal here is, is wow, okay, here's some cool stuff. The author's clearly got some good ideas they're trying to present here, and here's some ways that maybe uh, that worked really well, and here's things that didn't work really well, and maybe we can try to do differently. And so if I take those same type of skill sets that you learn in writer's workshops in other areas of my life, uh, it's like I shouldn't be just criticizing somebody. I should really be trying to work with them and work on improving things. How can we make it better, not just get defensive or attack or whatever? I direct an early music group of recorder players who also happen to be software engineers. But anyway, since I direct the group, often we'll be working on a piece and then I'll stop the group and I'll say something like the following, which is, you know, Sopranos, so I'm talking about an, an the section. I'm not talking about individuals. And in the workshop, we say the author instead of saying the name of the author. Even though we all know who the author is, we just don't refer to the author directly. So it's an indirect reference. So Sopranos, I really like what you're doing here with this introductory phrase, but I think maybe if we try a little bit more of a staccato on those opening notes, up, up, bum that it'll have a lot more impact and it will give the uh, piece a little more attention since that's the introduction. But 
Otherwise, I really like what you're doing with the rest of the phrase. So I haven't, I haven't said, look, and, I mean, there's only one soprano most of the time. Look, and, you, you just don't get it. There's a problem here. Can't you just straighten that out? And my suggestion is, and she can try that. Maybe she'll like it. Maybe she won't. But I haven't really talked to her. I've talked to the whole section, even though it's a section of one. And I've tried to say something that I really liked on either end of that. And I, I feel like I do more of that because I see that it works well in the workshop setting. And that way, I don't even put her in the position of having to explain anything because I haven't even been talking to her. I've been talking about that part of the piece, the soprano line. Because you never say the author, you never look at the author, you never make eye contact, you never point your finger saying, look at this section, it's really terrible. You have a discussion with the other people in the group about the work and the reference is always to the author, never to the person who is the author. Um, so the boot camp is you know, the day before and we'll have time to work through at least at least one example of a pattern, maybe as a group exercise, maybe individually, kind of seeing how the, the day goes. So people will be able to leave feeling like, you know, they've written a pattern or they have a really good understanding of, of the parts of a pattern. And this goes back to the belief that some of us have had for a really long time that in order to really understand patterns, and that includes how to use patterns, you know, and how to read them and effectively use them and criticize them, you have to write one, and so the boot camp is intended to really leapfrog people's experience into writing a pattern so that they can make better use of patterns in their day-to-day -day work. Normally, Bob and I do this as a tutorial, and we're doing it as a workshop so that we can be part of the mini-plop and have these two things together. So this is like getting a free tutorial. Uh, we're going to offer our, a little bit of history on patterns, structure of various pattern forms. So there's a lot of information. This is really a presentation. This is really tutorial material. So there's a, a, a great chance here for people who have always wanted to know a little bit more about patterns to get this entire day as a workshop, which means they don't have to pay a tutorial fee. And then if they like, they can continue on to the workshop. You should consider attending the boot camp if you're interested in patterns. Um, you're not quite sure what they are. You're, you've heard, you know, what's this plop thing? Um, we'll cover all that in the boot camp. So, if you want to try to write a pattern, you've got this idea, and you want in your workplace, and you just see other people doing it wrong all the time, and you want to write it down for their help. You know, come to the boot camp, and we'll give you some ideas how to write that down and make it an effective pattern to um, take back to your, your normal life, and we'll have fun. We always have a lot of fun that we, when we do a boot camp. Yeah, I guess the mo that's the most important thing is we do play games in there because we play games at PLOP. We try to teach people a little bit about what goes on at PLOP. But the big benefit for anyone is this is a tutorial that's being offered as a workshop. And so a workshop you can just sign up for. It's not going to cost you anything. In the past, this would have been offered as a tutorial. And that would have had whatever the Uppsala price is for tutorials. So you get a free tutorial as a workshop. What a deal. We are limited by the size of the room and by the number of bodies we think we can handle. If you're interested in attending the boot camp, keep checking the Uppsala website and there'll be more information posted about how to submit your interest. The people that would be appropriate to come to the workshop are people who are 
either writing new patterns and want to get the experience of going through a a little bit of a shepherding process and getting some feedback on that, or they've already submitted and had accepted at one of the previous pop conferences, or they're an experienced author and they want to go ahead and submit something and get get the experience of the Writers' Workshop to uh, improve on their work. It's a fun time. Check us out. Linda Rising, Joe Yoder, and Robert Hamner on the mini-flop for Oopsla 2007 to take place Sunday and Monday, October 21st and 22nd. If you're interested in either the Patterns Bootcamp or the Writers' Workshop, follow the links on oopsla.org to co-located events and then to mini-flop. Thank you for listening to the Oopsla Podcast. If you want to know more about the Oopsla Conference or if you want to get additional Oopsla Podcast episodes, visit the conference website at oopsla.org. This episode, as well as the other episodes of the Oopsla Podcast, are licensed under a Creative Commons license. The intro and outro music is by a band called The Plugs. The song is called Go East.